Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Our goal on the show is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. We really, really do want to encourage a world where racial equity is the norm. I want to begin our show today, as always, by inviting you to center yourself, to ground yourself, and let us find ways to tap into our sacred intelligence. So if you would, please, if you're not driving, I invite you to close your eyes. And I invite you to find that centering spot where you can breathe in and out naturally, connect your feet to the floor or to the ground, connect to your chair Find your foundation and then focus on your breath. Taking a deep breath in and out. Recognizing that your breath is life itself. That breath is your divine wisdom. Breath is your sacred being. Breath is where you can connect with that which causes you to be your greatest self while simultaneously embracing the greatness in others. Breathe in and out, recognizing your power, recognizing that everything that you need, you came here with. So breathe in and out, recognizing that whatever your heart's desire, particularly around racial equity, you are able to achieve it. Connect with yourself. Connect with the essence of who you are. Connect with your sacred intelligence. Breathe in and out. Recognizing again who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Breathe in and out. Recognizing that the power that lies within you is the power of one that contributes to the power of many. And you have the ability to change the status quo. Breathe in and out, knowing that you are loved itself and that you are loved. Breathe in and out. Connecting with the greater community, the greater world, sending loving vibrations out into the universe and calling back to you all that is good and sacred and powerful. Breathe in. Breathe out, breathe in again, sigh it out, and let's begin. You may open your eyes. And I want to invite you to engage in an exercise that I often do when I'm doing trainings. And that is to have you to look in the mirror at yourself. I mean, really look in the mirror at yourself. Most people don't like to because when we look in the mirror, we instantly think about our flaws. We begin to criticize ourselves. But I think it's important to look in the mirror and ask yourself, who do you see? What do you see? And what stories do you make up about yourself? How do you judge yourself and how do you show up in the world? 
And then I want to invite you to do the same when you look at the people you encounter. When you look at me, who do you see? What stories do you make up? Who am I? Most assuredly, you make your observations and you make your guesses about who I am by the color of my skin, by the gender that you believe me to be, perhaps by the way I wear my hair or the clothing that I wear, or because you hear me talk about dismantling racism all the time. It gives you an idea of who I am. And then, believe it or not, you begin to make up the other stories, just like you do about yourself. Because the world has helped us to define who we believe ourselves to be, particularly racially. But race is a social construct. And we'll be talking a bit about that today, how race is made up. But we'll be talking about the importance of knowing who we are. In my book on dismantling racism, the subtitle is Healing Racial Separation from the Inside Out. We cannot heal unless we take a deep, long, hard look at ourselves. My guest today, though, will be talking more about know thyself, and particularly from a spiritual place. And so our show today is Justice for Life. And I'm really, really excited today to have my guest, Cortland Butts. He is a lifetime educator and an advocate for equity and social change. He's consulted trained and educated C-suite executives, school systems, faith-based organizations, and municipal entities, domestically and internationally. One of the things that I love about him the most though, is that he is a dear friend. In fact, many years ago, we worked together and he was one of the people who trained me in the work that we were doing at the time on racial equity and courageous conversations. The two of us have come a long way since those days, but he will forever be my friend. He will forever be a, uh, a mentor and a colleague to me because he is so grounded in who he is. He is so grounded in the work that he does. And he has seen a way of embracing that work in all aspects of his life. Cortland works with Life Guardian Worldwide, and he's going to talk a bit about Life Guardian Worldwide, excuse me. Uh, their work is around justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Cortland is a diver much more than a diver, which he will explain about as well. And I can't wait for him to talk about some of his discoveries as a diver as well. And so I want to welcome to the show today, my friend, my colleague, trainer extraordinaire. This man is so, so deep when he guides you in racial equity. Cortland Butts, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. Dr. Terrell Avery, thank you very much. I sure greatly appreciate that intro, my old friend. Um, uh, it was really heartfelt. Um, and every word that came out of your mouth reminded me of the precious times that we spent together uh, trying to prepare a session uh, to move people from one space in their con uh, uh, in their consciousness to another, and the way that we built each other up in our spirits to get there, and then offer that which we built to the group. It, it felt so good to do that gig to do that giving with you. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. So, Cortland, let's get let's get down to the spirit work because. This work that we do is soul work. And what's interesting is when you and I began working together initially, we had a protocol that we followed and we would take people through 
this protocol that we did together. And it was amazing, an amazing protocol. And then you and I had the opportunity to do some spirit work together. Because what we realized, and thankfully to the person who was putting on the conference, that they allowed us to do this, this work is soul wrenching. Yes. Talk about that a little bit, this coming from this place of spirit to do this work. I, um, I'm gonna start with my mom, then I'm gonna go to you because you are like at the foundation, the, the two of you, uh, divine feminine. That they allowed us to do that. Um, are at the base of why I really started to step into this space. Um, more fully, if you will. Um, so years ago, when we were first starting to work together, um, it was like around my first year. So now I think that's 15 years ago. I was trying to describe to my mom what I did for work. And my mom is clear about doctor, teacher, lawyer, you know. Um, but at that time, trying to describe anti-racism leadership you know and she was like so you know what do you do and who are you teaching so i'm trying to make sense of that and i told her about one of these things that we had to do which was describe the the first time that race came into our consciousness or meant anything about us and she remembered um that which i described vividly And then she told me, I'll tell you something that you did even before that. And what she shared was uh, there was a time where, you know, apparently I had done something else, quote unquote, bad that day. And I think that was three years old. Um, My brother, my younger brother is lighter skin. He's in his crib. And she told me, she said, do you remember having some brown shoe polish and you painting your younger brother brown? She said, I walked into the room and here I am covered with brown shoe polish. My brother's face is colored with brown shoe polish. And I said, now he's my brother. You know, like I'm, 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 I'm excited and I'm happy because he looks like me now. Mm-hmm. She had just had enough. And I said, she said, I said, yeah, I do remember that because I was over at Aunt Tonda's house for a couple of days after that. She said, yeah. I said, I thought I was going to sleepover. She said, no, I had to push because you were too busy, you know, and I'm, I'm being polite in the space. She said, oh, that's what you're doing. I said, so, I said, so yeah, so we, we talk about how um, race has impacted us in different ways. And, and she said, who you, who's your audience? And I told her, she said, oh my goodness. She said, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people want to hear about that. You're going to have to push you through some things. And then it, 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 it hit her. She said, I'm clear about the work that you do. Uh-huh. She said, it's in the scripture. She said, you are involved in spiritual warfare. Yeah. Wow. And then she said, and in the scripture, it says, you're not fighting a battle of flesh and blood, but against dark principalities in high places. Mm. And she said, now with that fight, I can help you with that. Mm. I said, okay. So um, to me, that was always this um, piece that I not only had to be reminded of, but I had to be centered on. Mm. She took it even a little bit further, and she even said, for you to fight that fight, your own spirit is going to have to be in check. And it's going to have to, right? Yes. So yes. when we start talking about me grabbing onto this language a little bit earlier around knowledge of self, it is really self. Like, what did the Most High put in me? What did the Most High put in all of us? What are the gifts that I need to recognize? And how do I turn those gifts into a purpose? that's going to lead all of us to higher ground. Mm. So mm. that's the space from where I facilitated, given we had a protocol, um, an amazing one that works really well, um, especially in this realm of the flesh. Mm. And there's something deeper. So 
it's yeah. the mosaic, right? So, that I so, felt like that we had to walk on. Corlin, uh, you know, we have to take a quick break, but I want us to continue to talk about this spiritual piece because I so love that you went back to the ancestors. You went back to what your mother knew and what she had ingrained in you. Basically, we are more than these bodies that we inhabit here, that we have to go to that deeper place. And I, I want to talk to you when we come back about how your work began to be transformed when you went to that deeper place and it was no longer a protocol that you were efficient with giving how your work might have changed. We're going to be right back with my guest today, Cortland Buds. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics in the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibovich, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. today, Cortland Buds. Cortland, before the break, we were talking about this spiritual component of doing the work of racial equity. And in my book, I actually start out, I have three pillars that I talk about in my book on dismantling racism, and it's about knowing your why. And I call that our sacred motive. Why are we doing this work? Because so many people are doing it um, uh, as a performative measure, Right, you know, they're out here saying, "I'm doing this because this is what I'm supposed to do." Or some people are really wanting to make this world a better place, but they're still not going deep enough. So, talk to me about how things changed for you, even as a presenter, when you decided to embrace what your mother shared with you and really tapped into who you are and your soul's purpose. All right. I um, I feel like that it had always been there. So it wasn't necessarily something that I needed to decide to do. It was there. I just needed to give myself permission to bring it into the space. And I didn't necessarily know if I had it because at that time, if you remember, most of the time we were sent into schools yes. to, to do this work. And there was this real strong um, you know, piece that said, you know, we're going to separate religion and state. And mm -hmm. you can't mention uh, 
religion, God, spiritual, anything like that, because that's that's the law. And I remember um, doing a training one time, and this there was an elder. Um, she was paying attention, but she was knitting throughout throughout the training. And um, during one of the breaks, I came down from the stage, and she didn't even look up. She said, "I want you to know that you're doing a really good job." And 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 I said, "Well, thank you. I really appreciate that uh, uh, coming from you. It's an older black woman." And I said, "You know, I, I, I meditate and I pray and I fast before I do each one of these, but I can't say that because, you know, we're in this educational space, and uh, you know, they try to take God out of everything." And she kept sewing and she said, "Child, they ain't taking God out of nothing. All you're doing is still." Um, um, doing the work, doing what you need to do. Um, and the spirit is still there. I can feel it. They're going to feel it. You're going to be okay. Just keep it up. So uh, it was more of this um, permission to give myself to fully bring that piece forward and not necessarily look at it as the way that it had been scaffolded, separated as it was something else. We are all in this one life. And the way that I show up in my spirit, I, I can't take that away. It's always going to be there. So yes, I made yes. sure that I went into a ritualistic practice of being led by that as I went into different spaces. Mm-hmm. And even with that, right, you know, uh, bring your full self into it. It also gives other people permission to bring their full selves into the situation because I can remember the same thing when we would be in these school settings, but you would know, you meaning us as the presenter, we would also know the people who were in the room who completely relied on their spiritual guide to get them through the day to day. And it didn't matter in terms of color. And I remember for me, I was in divinity school, so I actually found ways to be able to use language that brought in the best of who I am, and it also allowed other people to be able to express themselves, as I was saying before. But, you know, Cortland, um, talk to me about, well, well, before we talk a little bit about Life Guardian, there was something, though, that happened when we did begin to focus on workshops, where we would offer a workshop, I did it once with you, and then after I left the company, you began to do it yourself. Talk to me about what would happen, though, when you did a workshop where people fully engaged with spirit, where it wasn't something that needed to be hidden. It's like, come to this because we're going to deal with the soul work of it. What did you notice about the participants? Oh, I I got to tell you, um, first, thank you, um, because you're the one, Dr. T, that taught me um, that sacred meditation from the beginning. And I've been using that, put a, a little bit of a different spin on it since then, but not much. I would always give you credit and say this is uh, this is one of the pieces that came from one of my sisters early on in the work. And I got to tell you, um, having folks sit still long enough, meditate long enough to focus on their breath and then guiding them through a practice that said that says there is something inside of you that's constantly talking to you. And, and I'm not using the correct word when I say inside because spirit, it just is. Uh, goes through multi-dimensions and realms. But you need to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. And there's a sacred part of yourself that you need to pay attention to. And what goes on is many of the voices that our minds are carrying are from the different institutions of socialization trying to tell you who to be and what you are. But there's another part, um, there's you, period, that just says, no, I'm clear about who I am. We just need to get into a practice around clearing this other stuff and this other smoke out of the way so we can get that message. And so the meditation that you taught me 
allowed folks to sit still long enough to hear that. And I, I distinctly remember it. I've had this experience over and over again. We asked folks to go ahead and trust themselves while, while they were in that space. And we said, you know, it, uh, it was the I am piece. So we inhaled on I am, and then we just exhaled. And after we do that several times, we inhale on I am, but when we exhale, we tell folks to pay attention. There's a word that's going to come, and it's just for you. And when it came, uh, and we came out of the meditation, we asked folks to turn around and um, speak to what word came to you. There were so many people that were saying things like, the word that came to me was enough. Yeah. The word that came to me was strong. The word that came to me was present. The word that came to me was my mom's name, who's not here with like but but things were coming. Yeah. And it was just what folks needed to hear. You know, I, I recently did this session with uh with some young people, um, so early twenties. And, you know, uh, this one person, she just broke down and started crying. And she said the word that came was, you know what, you're, you're all right. And she said, because the way that I am, I have so many people in society that keeps telling me that I'm not okay, yeah. that I'm not all right, that it's not okay for me to be here. But there was something else trying to tell me, which was me, that I'm all right. And so... To, to go into that practice to weed out um, all of the other voices, but to really center on yourself, there's a listening, there's a sacredness that goes um, that I think we can practice. And that's where the deeper part of knowing that self is coming from. And so I was sharing with folks, I, I remember it, it was this um, really good friend of mine, white woman, uh, practitioner and DEI work. She told me, she said, I didn't even know that part of myself existed until we did this. And she, she, she's older, she was older than me at the time. She said, I didn't even know I had access to that part of myself. Thank you. You know, and that was a reoccurring thing year after year. And of course, you know, those sessions filled up. Yes, they always filled up. They overfilled. It was plus, 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 plus <laughs> and all of that stuff. You need to do this from the beginning instead of at the end. You need to, it was, and I was like, I think we own to something here. Wait, you know what's really amazing is because this piece of knowing ourselves and bringing ourselves fully into what we do is so important. I know that I do this work because I'm grounded in the spirit part of me, the psychology part of me, the all the things that make me who I am. And sometimes, and this is really important for people to hear, sometimes we try to leave out pieces of ourselves in the mm -hmm. work that we do out in the world, and we just cannot do it. And there's no way of doing this work around um, racial equity without bringing all of yourself into it particularly the spirit piece, because there are days when this stuff gets really, really hard. You better know thyself. So of course, we have to take another break. But when we come back, you've been using this phrase, know thyself, and it's a part of the life guardian approach to justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. So when we come back, I want you to talk a little bit about life guardian, what it is, what the principles are, so that our audience can know just how deep, no pun intended, when I think about the deep diving that you do, uh, just how deep this work goes for you and how it shows up in the world. So we'll be right back with my guest today, Cortland Butts. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? 
Hello, I'm Eric Sauber, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. with my guest today, Cortland Butts. Cortland, talk to me about Life Guardian. What is it? What do you do? I want to, um, I'm going to pick up from where we left off before the break, and then I'll, that'll lead me into it. One of the reasons why I felt like it was so important for us to know ourselves is because a lot of my colleagues, um, practitioners and um, equity, diversity, and inclusion, justice work in general, they would have an identity centered and built around who they are in terms of being um, racial equity leaders, for example. Mm -hmm. I get that. We need it. Yes. All right. I started to do this exercise that took away the other social constructs layered upon our humanity. Um, so I'm not going to go through the whole exercise right now, but I will tell folks I want you to meet each other, um, but you can't tell anybody, uh, you can't mention any titles, personal or professional. You can't mention anything that indicates your level of income or education. You can't talk about anything that you do. You dive, you, dive, you ride a bike, you read books. I said, now tell people who you are. Now, these same um, practitioners, strong ones in racial equity, um, they have literally studied the social construct of race more than they've studied and they know themselves. And the part of themselves that they do know is a deeper part of the social construct with it. But I just asked you about taking all of that stuff away. Who are you? And a, a lot of my colleagues struggle. They, they, they could not come up with a list. They could not come up with a study. And, I, and that's when it struck me that I started to see folks that use that protocol that you and I used to use that we talked about before, but they literally weaponized it against other people mm. because they knew the language of the protocol better than the other person did. And so at that point, it struck me. I said, well, what good is a protocol without the soul that wields it? Because if the soul that wields it is not in alignment with improving the human condition, then that same soul is going to turn around and use these tools for racial equity to tear it back down again under the guise of this is a good tool for racial equity. Mm, so Corwin, I'm just telling you, we're going to have to rewind that while we're listening to this. Because I don't know how, that was deep, what you just said. Mm -hmm. Absolutely deep. To think about, particularly for folks who do this work, mm -hmm. weaponizing the tools that you use. Woo! Mm -hmm. And I've seen it happen over and over again. What ends up happening is in our human experience, we cannot do anything without language and context. It's, and so the, the powerful words themselves in the tools and in the protocols that we use, we still have to convey some sort of way 
in terms of language and create a context for it. But again, I've seen people master the language and at the same time have an ill intent, intent still behind the mastery of the language of that protocol and tool. And what do, they end up doing, do you think they're conscious of that? Because you, you just said they have an ill intent. Mm-hmm. So are they a, you, are you saying that they purposely? I think many folks I think many folks, um, it's a both and. It's rarely in the human condition or experience or is anything in either or. Um, it's the both and. So what I would say is this. I've seen folks turn around and say, all right, well, let's go ahead and have this conversation. I'm ready. Let's use the protocols that we were talking to this training. They're not realizing that there's a being, and I'm going to get into this a little bit later, that's really leading that conversation. Mm. And it's using the tool. And right now, if I'm showing up like this, come on, let's go. I dare you. So my being is one of being confrontational. Mm-hmm. So confrontational, if I personalize, or yeah, if I personalize um, the being of confrontational and, and look at it as a personality, then confrontational is now taking that protocol and trying to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of, if you told me, you know what, at the core of my being, <clears throat> I am loving, I am open-minded, I am hopeful. I would rather for loving, open-minded and hopeful to take that protocol and have the conversation than confrontational. So again, this goes back to how much are you paying attention to your soul before you pick up the tool? Yes. 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 I love it. I I, I love what you're saying because you're actually reminding me even as you're speaking, Cortland, I'm thinking about those many years ago where we began with that protocol. And I remember how I used to show up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I no longer show up in that in that place. And I teach from a place I begin, even now, I don't care if it's business people or who I'm talking to, I always say I am love. Mm-hmm. And I come from that place. So talk to us more then about then this this All right. And, and and again, to your point, so a lot of my colleagues will show up with a being of you know what, they, they gonna, they're going to dismantle racism. They're going to attack the enemy. And, you know, I can show up really aggressive in that space. I can show up like, I'm going to take you, I'm going to do to you what you've been doing to us. But that's the energy that's actually leading the protocol, which is actually going to keep, uh, not the protocol, but the conversation that's going to keep us trapped in the realm that we're actually trying to get rid of and uh, uh, escape in the first place. Yeah. Yes. But again, the, the trick is we're using the same tools to do it. So that's why we end up being trapped in staying. So said all of that to say that there's another brother. I have to give him some honor and credit named David Davidson, very good friend of mine, who brought in some ancient comedic principles. Uh, and we started talking about ancient comedic principles. You're just talking about um, a study of uh, an African body of knowledge that was around 6,000 years before um, many of the ancient texts that we study right now. And it's just a replication from what I've seen over and over again of so many professional development um, pieces that we're looking at. But the deeper thing is, it's really a study of nature itself. Um, and I'm, I'm leading all of this to get up into, uh, to, to get into Life Guardian Worldwide. Um, so there are three themes, uh, three principles in that space. One is know thyself. It's, it's written on walls around the world, thousands of years old. The other one is the work is to be obsessed with distinguishing knowledge from foolishness, mm. from distinguishing truth from falsehood. Mm-hmm. All right. That's our work where we constantly are tearing things apart um, and, and 
trying to um, ride on what's true and what's false and what's being presented to us. And then the third piece is the work is centered around building for eternity. So David Davidson actually introduced that piece to um, the company for which you and I worked at the time. We built some pieces there, but the, the more I started to look at it, the more I was like, you know what? The protocol that we use right now is still built on that. So if you think about some of those pieces that are, I can see all of those frames going going uh, uh, going through. I started thinking about different professional development models that we've learned that that I taught to others, and they still kind of follow that path. Then I started thinking about nature itself. Nature is modeling for us. The seed is know thyself. That seed knows its DNA. It knows what it's built for, and it's already there. It's already in its in its earliest form. Distinguishing knowledge from foolishness is that struggle that the seed goes through when it's planted in the deepest part of the darkness, but it still pulls nutrients. In the darkness, it still pulls water. So it's pulling truth and it's fighting this way through darkness. When it gets to the point where it can handle more light because it's more mature, now it reaches up and it builds for eternity by creating another seed so that they can go through the process too. Mm-hmm. So all we've literally done, even in those frames right there, is codify the way that nature is working in the first place, which mm-hmm. is, some folks call it uh, you know, a biomimicry. Another one of my teacher teachers, uh, who I call my teachers, calls it um, creation-supported social logic. So basically what he's pointing out is, look at the patterns in nature over and over again to help us heal um our social systems right Mm -hmm. so what so i say all of that to say that going through and thinking through knowing that self distinguishing knowledge from foolishness building for eternity any training that i write anything that we get it i'm building on those three principles and i'm building context around what does that look like and the work that I'm being asked to do, whether it's with law enforcement, whether it's with higher ed, non-for-profits, I've worked, I've had the opportunity and been blessed with the experience at my previous job um, to be put into multiple sectors such that to this day, there is no sector right now um, I'm pretty sure about that if you tell me what the sector is, I know what the racial disparity is. I know what the metric is in that sector only because I've had to tap into it over and over again. So with that said, um, um, that is my uh, so uh, path to justice, um, the path for our humanity. Um, as you mentioned a little bit earlier, I had always kept one wing dipped in the water in terms of aquatics, just in case the, acad- the academic world didn't work out for me. <laughs> So what I ended up doing was um, when I was back in school, I became a lifeguard instructor. I became a swim instructor. Uh, the the person that owned the local dive shop, he was a Filipino person. And he named, he said, you know, there's this narrative that black people don't swim. Mm-hmm. And he came to the college where I was the, you know, uh, assistant aquatics director. And he said, not only do y'all swim, but you're protecting other people with your skills. And it's a bunch of y'all here doing it. Mm-hmm. The reason why I met him is because they do um, uh, what they call confined water uh, uh, practices, confined water um, work in the swim pool. So basically, we got some school skills that we need to practice, and we practice them in the pool. And he said, I tell you what, if you can get a couple of your lifeguards to sign up, I'll let you take the scuba diving class for free. What ended up happening was um, whenever they would show up, I wouldn't charge them for an entry. And in, in turn, um, they taught me how to scuba dive. They, they would always take me out when they had a class. I was always with the instructors. And I found that there was a depth there was a connection that I had with this underwater world that just, 
it, it really blew me away. Um, I, ever since I was a child, um, I knew I could swim underwater um, because I, we used to watch this show called uh, Man from Atlantis and with this uh, uh, actor named Patrick Duffy, and he, he used to wiggle through the water while he was up. I'm like, I know I can swim like that. And I, and I, I never forget, my parents and I, we, we visited Philly because we used to live in Philly. We visited Philly and we came to Orlando to see some of my dad's people. And I think at the time he went to see about a job and we stayed at the Holiday Inn. My brother and I were playing around in the shallow end and I kept bothering my dad. I can swim there, I can go to that deep end. I, I got out of the pool and he said, oh yeah. And he threw me into the deep end. I went up, I went underwater. I sunk all the way to the bottom. I looked up around. I said, I know what I'm going to do. Man from Atlantis. And I wiggled. And I went to the other side and I came up and I saw my mom hitting my dad like, why are you throw my baby in the water? Watch him go to the other side now. I kept going back and forth. I used to have dreams, Dr. Avery. I, I used to have dreams that I could breathe underwater. Mm. And you ever remember, you ever think about, or, and I know this has happened to all human beings, but when we're in that lucid state where you're asleep, and you know that you're dreaming, like you're conscious that you're dreaming, right. but you're in between. And I remember being in that lucid state. I was underwater. I was breathing. And I said, I know how to do it now. Mm -hmm. And I said, when I wake up this time, I'm going to tell my body what to do so that I can breathe underwater in the real world. I, was, I, I had it. I had the formula. I said, I know the signals to tell my lungs. I know what to tell my throat to do. I know what to tell these different cells. Like I had a list in the dream. I said, I know what to tell all of them to do so I can breathe underwater when I wake up. And then I would wake up and I would forget. Mm. Um, so, you know, uh, Corlin, we do have to take a very quick break, but I believe that that's going back to spirit. That's going back to knowing thy deeper self, right? Mm -hmm. We're able to do that. But Corlin, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to continue our conversation. All right. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on TalkRadio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on TalkRadio.nyc. World, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Mantle Racism Show. Portland, we are quickly running out of time here. And there's so I feel like there's so much more for us to talk about, um, particularly in your work with Life Guardian. Uh, so I think we're going to have to do a part two because I know you've had some amazing discoveries in your digs. Um, tell me a little bit just 
you know, in terms of the work that you're doing with Life Guardian, how does spirit connect and knowing yourself connect with that work? Um, well, I'll tell you that much of the work that I do right now is executive coaching, train the trainer type pieces, um, folks that are already deeply involved in the work, um, but they need to go deeper. They need something to push them further. So where I go is I'm going to the spiritual piece. Uh, there is a um, scientist uh, named Gus Beth. Gus Beth, and it's a meme on social media. He was talking about um, how the world's major problems are if I remember correctly, the world's major pro the, the world's major problems in terms of the planet are ecosystem collapse, um, global warming, and biodiversity loss. And he said, after 30 years of good science, I thought that we could solve those problems. Hmm. He said, but I was wrong. The world's major problems are apathy, selfishness, and greed. And he said, to solve those problems, we're going to need a cultural and spiritual revolution. And we scientists don't know how to do that. Right away, I said, you know what, at Life Guardian, we do. We know how to do that part right there. So with me being a scuba diver, I'm real big on ocean conservancy, looking out for the planet and literally diving with some sort of purpose um, that gives back to our world and our planet. And when we started talking about uh, cultural and spiritual revolutions, that happens when we understand ourselves better and our relationship to the greater things that are connected in life, which is why Life Guardian is um, guarding and protecting life itself through raising consciousness now, whether I do it socially um, so that we can help out with our human social systems or we do it because we're, we're, we're doing it for the planet that we're on. I mean, we tap into environmental justice, environmental racism, um, but we're all connected in this one life. So that's why it's uh, justice for life itself. Mm. What are you noticing though when you talk about environmental justice? Give, just give us one example with Life Guardian, uh, what have you discovered in that? Uh, the, well, I'll, I'll give a real quick short one. When we start talking about super fun sites or places where um, trash waste is dumped, uh, 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 is dumped, um, or we start um, in near specific communities, those places typically report a higher level of cancer. Not like not all super fun sites, but very specific ones that people have reported over and over again. A lot of trash and stuff that's over there. So I'm not saying like all sites are like that, but the ones that are taken care of properly. Uh, there's this whole show, and I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it but it, it literally speaks to the runoff from farming pigs. That that whole industry. So wherever that runoff piles up. Uh, the air is really bad, the air quality is really bad, and um, they become cancer cluster sites, yeah. all right? Guess who lives there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Most of the time, the communities that we're talking about, when we start talking about environmental justice, if there is a source of dis-ease for the planet, it is now a source of dis-ease for us as human beings. Many times, most of the times, it's people of color that are living in those sites mm. or living around those sites. Mm. And they don't have like a lot of voice or advocacy for folks to say, somebody needs to clean this up so we can be well, all right? Some folks will turn around and say, why don't y'all just move? Well, they would, they could. Or how about y'all stop dumping things in the places where they are? So that's what we've been seeing over and over again, which is why there has to be a push for environmental justice and how it connects to racial justice. Well, your work is, is so powerful and Life Guardian is more than just about going out and scuba diving. So 
tell people how can they get in touch and with you, one, and then how can they learn more about what Life Guardian does? How can they get in contact? Um, what I would say is reach out to me on LinkedIn. All right, that's that's the best way to get in, get in contact with me. I intentionally um, run an exclusive business. Um, you got to know somebody most of the time to get to me. And so people get to me is because they chimed in with you. For example, I had spent years um, in some spaces going out to places that need the work. And at the same time, they really didn't want to do the work. And I didn't want to waste my time in that space. So um, now I'm very selective. If I find that our spirits are in alignment and we need to get some stuff done, I'll pray about it. We go to work. Hmm. Well, Carla, I thank you for that. I thank you for bringing the spirit work into what you do because I think it's the only way that we are going to heal the world. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I want to thank my listeners, of course, for chiming in week after week after week. And I invite you to learn more about Cortland uh, by going to LinkedIn. I invite you to learn more about the work that I do, going to sacredintelligence.com and finding out more about the um, programs that I offer. Please do stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. May today you tap into that sacred part of you that allows you to make choices that will manifest your greatness while manifesting the greatness of others. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.